Hello and welcome to Wonderslut. This is Rebecca Crosby. I'm recording this on December 21st, right before Christmas. And um, I'm releasing episodes every full moon. So you can keep track of your calendars. Um, I can be like a, I don't know, a fucking vampire. What is that? Um, my life has taken a total pivot. I'm on the job market again. Uh, and, and I'm just putting it out into the universe. Whatever God, the universe, your higher self, a star. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Whatever feels good to you in your spirit. It is just language. Um, I've put so much out there. He's Something's going to come back. I'm just expecting great things to happen. Um, I've been on this intense journey to myself. Um, I don't know if y'all are following my TikToks, but I started doing a, an affair detox. <clears throat> I reconnected with a college boyfriend that I've known since I was 17, and um, we started an affair about nine months ago. And I firmly believed that he was going to leave his wife. He may still, I don't know. Um, but I realized I was in a very toxic situation. Um, being the other woman in a relationship is just overall terrible, not ideal, but it is what it is. I, I pursued it. I loved the man, all the things, right? All the things you tell yourself when you do things that are not great for your higher self or for other people's peace of mind. And, um, I, it's been hard and scary and, um, I, but I've learned lessons that I would not have otherwise learned about myself and other people and my place in the world and um, to just rely very firmly on who I am as a person, just independent of anyone else. And I don't know that I have ever gotten that message as loudly as I did this time around. And it changed everything. So I'm excited for what the next season will bring. The new year is upon us. Um, I'm doing all the things, writing on the rituals, the journal prompts, the meditations. I am going to set next year with an intention, and I hope you do the same. Um, I Every full moon, I do this ceremony in my backyard where I just burn something. I write on a piece of paper things that I want to get rid of, and obviously there's a full moon every month. So it's a good time to reflect back on what you've done, right? And uh, I made my son do it with me last month. And it, it's a beautiful ceremony. So maybe consider doing that. It, it, it really just cleanses your soul and it helps you give some, get some perspective on, you know, what you've been up to and what you want to be up to and to make changes, even if they're small. Um, I'm doing this manifestation challenge and I'm in the aligned action section. And the homework was to write down uh, something that you would do in the next 24 hours to align with whatever you feel is your purpose. And uh, mine was to set up my studio so I could record podcasts and have an office. And I did it. I knocked it out today and it looks very cozy and I like it a lot. But now I have like a list of things that I want to buy. But I'm sitting here in a very cozy room and I'm waiting on my guest, Tamara Pledge, to get here. And she is going to just delight.
Okay. Hi. <laughs> well, Tammy, you want to tell us some whatever about yourself, like sketch out your background. And... Sure. Sure. So I am a, I'm a Texas transplant. Um, I'm and not only am I not from Texas, but I'm a Yankee, um, which is, I guess, horrible to a lot of people around here, but no, I grew up in Northwestern Pennsylvania and, um, I say Pennsylvania and that is, you know, technically accurate, but I was closer to Buffalo, New York than any of the major cities in Pennsylvania. So um, it was about 90 miles, just this side of the Pennsylvania, New York state border. And, um, <clears throat> that's where I grew up. And, um, about 15 years ago, um, I was given the opportunity to, you know, move here and be closer to my then husband's, um, parents and, um, you know, live someplace where it didn't snow nine months out of the year, you know, and have a free yeah. place to live. So that was like, geez, let me think. And so that's how I ended up here. Nice. Um, I, what do you think about it? So I love the weather yeah. <laughs> comparatively. Yeah. Um, I love aspects of the culture that, you know, Southern people are so friendly and community oriented and nice. They have manners, you know, and where I grew up, people are very, um, I didn't think so when I lived there, but I'm sure to people here, they would come off as abrasive and very fast paced yep. and very, you know, um, not, not really that same sort of sense of community. Um, you know, it's sort of everybody, every man for himself. <laughs> where yeah, I'm we from. were talking about this the other day with Sydney, you know, Sydney. Yes. Yes. And she's from Oregon. Okay. And she's, so. she said, people are just different. They Is are. that because of the winter you think they're like hibernating and they just get used to themselves? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, I think, I think probably part of it has to do with what types of people settled in what areas, and so what sort of things you know were passed down in generations. You know what I mean? Uh, I think that probably plays a part. And, um, but I do think that in in the Northeast, um, things are so much more concentrated. You know, like you build up, you don't build out, and so the bigger populations. And, oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? There are, I think, I think there's too many people. Yeah. In yeah. There, and they're in each other's face all the time. Yeah. And I think that plays a part too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I lived in Long Island for a little bit. Oh, how fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it was, it was nice. I was nanny. It was great. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was, I, in the introduction, I should have done that. Maybe I might go back and redo it because <laughs> now it feels disjointed. But I was like, I saw you at this botanical gardens event. I was yes. like, oh, that chick is cool. And then you had great vibes. And then I like all your stuff on, on social media. And so I just felt like we had like a lot to talk about. It was a very interesting day for me. Um, so I don't run into that a lot here. That sort of like outgoingness that you displayed that day you just walked up to me and sat down and you were like tell me about your tattoo you know to a complete stranger which I love yeah but you don't run into that a lot here and um the tattoo that you asked me about was it's it's in honor of a friend that I had lost a year and a day to that day yeah you posted about her today right uh recently not today okay yeah but so, yeah, like she, we lost her on October the 6th, and then that Legacy Plaza deal was on October the 7th. So it had been a year and a day, the day that you asked me oh, about wow. it. So, yeah, it was just very, you know, little God wink there. Oh, it was very like a cool. ping from the universe. Yeah, it was, you know, and you were sitting there, like, looking at me, and you were so pretty, and you had, like, glittery makeup on that day. I love you know? and, it was just, and I was like, this woman is, like, 
a tiny bit of divine that just came to hang out with me for a few minutes. How, I was telling my daughter about it. I was like, this beautiful woman, and she had glitter on her face. She, yeah, it was super cool. That's so sweet. Yeah, it was great. That's really sweet. Yeah, I, th- I feel like, so I'm doing this manifestation challenge. Have you, do you know anything about like manifestation or? Because I'm familiar with meditation. And yeah. so that plays a part. So I hear, I guess I hear those buzzwords a lot, but I don't really know a ton about it. Yeah. And th- this week it's about aligned action and paying attention to pings from the universe. Like I, I had this friend that kept popping up and like random things throughout the day would remind me of him. And I was like, I got to reach out to him. And I, I don't know what that means, but just paying attention to yeah. all the shit that. I call them glimmers. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Glimmers. What's the opposite of that? What is the opposite of that? It's it, And that's the reason I know the term glimmers is because I saw a thing on social triggers. media. That, triggers. Yeah. Yes. It's the opposite yes. of a trigger. Yep. Yeah. I saw it too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So you sent me this journal uh, entry that was so yes. beautiful. Yeah. But I want to hear about the story if you want to share it because you know I'm in the middle of yeah, detoxing sure. from a toxic yes. relationship yeah. so, simply because he was married, not because he was toxic. But Yeah. Well, the situation, right? Yeah, for sure. So um, I wrote that in the summer of 2018. Um, In the summer of 2018, um, I was newly divorced. And um, how old are you? I am almost 45. Okay. I was newly divorced. 47. Okay. So I figured we were were pretty close. Yeah. Um, And um, it was a, I think, a 16-year marriage. And so I'd been with this man, you know, through all of my 20s and and most of my 30s. And so here I am, you know, coming into, you know, um, midlife, I guess you would say, you know, as a newly single person and also a newly sober person, a relatively newly sober person. And so, you know, just a lot of huge changes in my life. And um, so I decided to, you know, hit the dating scene, as it were, (laughs) I use that term loosely. Um, And I was on a... Wait, why do you use that term loosely? Well, because I wasn't, I wasn't looking to get married or anything right again. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was looking to date. Right. You know, I was looking for a companion. You were just looking to have fun. I was looking to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I had developed some interest in the, the, the BDSM world. Yeah. I don't know if I can talk about that. Of course. Okay. Please. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. I find that so fascinating. Yes. So, we're totally going down this there, rabbit hole. There is this, um, it's like a social media platform and it's called fet life and so it's not just for like dating. fetish life yes. fet life okay. fet life, yes and so um and it's not necessarily just for finding people to hook up with or whatever you know like there are people on there that just live in the lifestyle and so they want like-minded people to you know it's not necessarily just for that it's sort of like a community but it's it's an online it's a, sure you know sure. so it's like facebook for freaky people or whatever yeah and I was on this. Um, we're all a little freaky. I think if we're being honest. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are animals at yeah, the end of the day. For sure. Okay. And, um, and I met this guy and, you know, in, on this platform, you can sort of say what you, the things that you're into. And, and he said one of the things he was looking for was a mistress. Now, in the BDSM world, a mistress is, is also the female of master. It's submissive. It's, oh. the, it's the dominant stereotype. Oh, okay. And so when I saw a mistress, and I think most people on that platform, when they saw that, thought that's what he meant. And, right. And, you know, he meant it in a very traditional oh, sense of the word. Uh-huh. But I didn't realize that at the time. We didn't really flesh that part out exactly. And so we agreed to meet. 
and um, you know, after getting to know each other a little bit online, and I met up with them and had like the best weekend of my life, you know, like I just had at that time anyway, and um, and just really enjoyed the time. And so, you know, I, we we parted ways and and went back to normal life. And so I looked him up on Facebook and stuff like that and realized, oh, he's married, you know. And so, you know, I obviously you know asked him about it, and because he had mentioned his wife, but he also he also it seemed to me at the time that he was talking about her in terms of um, that they weren't together anymore, you mm -hmm. know? And so, you know, cause he like, you know, my, my, my kid's mom or, you know, like he just said it in such a way that I, I had the impression and, and certainly that was tainted by the wonderful time I was having, you know what I mean? Like perhaps I wasn't looking clearly cause I didn't want to, but anyway, long story short, he was married. And so at that point he told me he was married. And then, um, so even though I was, you know, innocent, I guess, to a degree in, in that first weekend, I did continue on with him for several months after that. And so, um, that's where, that's where the, the blog comes okay. from. Can you read it? Is that asking too much? No, okay. I can. Okay. <laughs> it was, do you have it or you want me to pull um, it up? I should be able to pull it up because I have it where I sent it to you. Um, I will just, yeah, let me pull yes, it. Son. So I actually don't know how to pronounce the title. It's a Greek word. I think you would say that hitari. But anyway, it's it's a Greek word, an ancient Greek word, and it ref it refers to like the the upper class um, concubines. Okay. Right. So that like in this in this society, in this time period that this language was used, you know, there were there were prostitutes and there were women of the night and, and so on and so forth, you know. But then there were also to a degree, you know, it was accepted that men were going to sleep with people who were other than their legal wife. But some of them had a higher status than others. And that so that I don't know. I don't even remember how I came across that term, but that's that's uh, what that word means. Um, I belong to an ancient sorority, Mistress Coetus. Kidding, I made that shit up. But for real, for as long as people have been formally coupling, I'll bet, there's been girls like me. Mistresses, the other women, side chicks. Now I'm not talking about fully informed consensual polygamy or polyamory. I'm talking about the dirty little secret, the fantasy that moves and breathes. She's slutty. She's exciting and fun. Her makeup is always on point. She dances. She's always down. She does all the things your wife or girlfriend can't or won't. She doesn't seem to eat or sleep. She never gets sick or old. Hell, she probably doesn't even take a shit. She builds you up and thinks you're pretty damn perfect. She doesn't cause problems. She doesn't nag you about kids or bills. And when you go back to your real life, she fades to black until you want her again. I mean, doesn't she? Seriously, please don't feel sorry for us. That's not the point. We know what we're doing. No one's holding a gun to our heads. We're grown and we're free to bow out at any time. And if we, through some alien set of circumstances, find ourselves being the main chicks, we sure as fuck wouldn't appreciate someone doing to us what we're doing. So I just wonder sometimes why we do it. Is it as simple as daddy issues? Is it deeply rooted emotional masochism? Do we hate ourselves for whatever reason or reasons? And so we rob ourselves of real loyalty and devotion. Are we immature or worse, cowardly? And such defects prevent us from being able to commit to someone who would actually make us a partner or a priority? Is it that once we do this, we get accustomed? 
we learn a pattern and then unconsciously seek it out again and again, a sort of three times a bridesmaid, never a bride mentality. Do we assume we're superior to the naive vanilla main chick? Are we smarter or sexier? Do we glorify our lot? Cleopatra was Caesar's side chick after all. Do we fancy ourselves cold, powerful boss bitches blazing through an army of men wielding our bodies as weapons? Maybe. I haven't figured it out. What I do know is this. When we're not busy masturbating to your pictures, shaving our pussies, shopping for lingerie and dildos, and planning pseudo-lesbian pillow fight sleepovers with our side chick sisters, we have jobs and homes and families and hobbies. We're people. Maybe not good people, but people. And what was my point again? Oh, yes. Wait, never mind. He's here. <laughs> I love it. Sorry, I need a minute. That, that like, fine. really hit me. That's fine. It hit me the first time I read it, too. I just thought. God, so many things that you said in there were. <laughs> the other woman, you know that song by Nina Simone? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Her hairs are always manicured. All the bullshit, right, that we tell ourselves yeah. as, as women who aren't priority. Yeah. And, like, we seek it out. Yeah, I think I think even if, if we don't the first time, it's almost like once you cross that line, it, it it's like anything else. You know what I mean? Like, once you do the deal, it becomes a part of your identity or it becomes a piece of you or you leave a piece of yourself there. And once that energy has been exchanged, you're forever altered. Right. You know. Yeah. And you said something about the pattern. It's a pattern of behavior that we start. Yeah. And, and that was definitely why I stopped because I was like, I'm addicted to this. Oh, absolutely. It has nothing to do with him. Yeah. It's about the situation. Yeah. And I mean, really at a chemical level, I think a lot of that, you know, the dopamine rush, the, you know, there are, are physiological things that go along with that in, in any situation, whether it's an affair or it's you know, not, you know, there are physiological things that go on with our brains and our bodies and stuff like that. And I, it a hundred percent is addictive. Yeah. You know, there are 12 step programs for people, you know, with, with sex issues as yeah. much as there are other substances. And in, in the sex scenario, it's just that the, the substance, it happens to be created inside of you. You don't go to the guy and buy it for, you know, 25 bucks or whatever. Right. That is so true. So what is your, like, what's your education? Were you a writer? You just started a blog. Um, I, I uh, was a writer most of my life. Um, <clears throat> that's what I went to school for. I have a bachelor's degree from the University of Pittsburgh. And um, it's uh, in writing, uh, my concentration being in fiction and poetry, and then a minor in philosophy. Okay. So. No uh, wonder we get along. <laughs> like, I was an English major with a minor in psychology. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, that's very similar. Yeah. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're an excellent writer. Thank you. It was so on point. Beautiful. So raw. Yes. Yeah. And I know that that, that kind of comes from where I was at that time. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I Newly think, sober, newly divorced. Yeah. I mean, that's intense. Right. So I'm, I'm already in this pattern of like having to examine everything that I'm doing, you know, because of yeah. the sobriety journey. Yeah. And so, you know, it, um, it's funny, uh, in early sobriety, I did definitely develop this pattern of behavior where it was like, guys were my new drug of choice. You right. know what I mean? Yes. And, um, it's funny because th we have these, these sayings, um, you know, if you're in recovery, we have little 
little catchphrases like everything else, you know what I mean? And one of them it, that explains um, the malady of addiction is, you know, I have to use something outside of myself to change how I feel on the inside. And normally uh-huh. we're talking about drugs or alcohol, mm-hmm. but, you know, I have, I've used that a lot um, in talking to other people in recovery. And I'm like, guys fall into that same category. Absolutely. category of Absolutely. It's something outside it's of myself. It's anything that, that's a distraction from your yeah. soul. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't matter what it is. Netflix, binging on shit. Yeah. I mean, meeting your friends out for drinks, even yeah. if you don't get hammered, that's still a detra- distraction. Yeah. You know, I have to force myself to sit home and, and meditate and journal and look inward. Yeah. I have to force Not myself sometimes. Yeah. 20, yeah. Yeah. We're addicted to being distracted. Absolutely. Agreed. And I think we're all fucking addicts if we're honest. I, I've long held, well, as long as I've been doing this deal, I've, I've had the opinion that you know, everybody that I've ever met in life could benefit from um, working the 12 steps, whether they're an addict, alcoholic or not, you yeah. know, like it's, it's a spiritual program. And I think that we have lost sight of spirituality in our society. Yeah. I'll, in a big way. Yeah. You know, all the modernization, the, the, the more we move toward progress, the farther we move away from source, I think. I do feel like though, and maybe it's just because I follow people like this. I feel like I'm just inundated with people that are like me, yes. that are that are seeking and totally in touch with who they are as people and their higher self and energy levels and meditation, all of that. I feel like I'm maybe I'm just that's what I I'm think being they're, they're exposed to. People in our generation, I think there's a return to it. I think that we're probably like that last generation of where like progress got us as far as it could in all of the good ways. And we started to see a lot of the bad. And so we, we've bec- we're hyper aware that something is off. And right. so there's this mass exodus away from progress and back to, you know what I mean? Like, I think our generation is, is the turnaround point. I do too. And I do feel like it's starting with women our age. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. I mean, we're, I feel like we're just all done. We're all done. <laughs> yeah. We're pissed off. We're done. Yeah. We're just like ready to live our lives for our damn selves. Like we should have been done doing all along, but right. we were encouraged to take care of everybody else. Yes. I mean, how, what do you think about that? Do you have, um, I, it, well, I'll tell you what it's, it's, it's fucking hard being a woman. Yeah. Number one, yeah. I have two daughters and the, um, how old are they? They are 18 and 21. And they, they're my oldest. I had two girls and then three boys. And so I, I have noticed that the way that I parent my girls and the way that I parent my boys is very different. And the way that I parented my girls, I, in some ways, I wish I could go back and redo it because I was so hard on them because it is so hard to be a woman. Like there's so much out there um, just ready to tear us down and make life harder than it needs to be. And in a lot of cases, like actually attack us and hurt us. And Um, It is so hard to be a woman that I think that I have like fashioned these little soldier lionesses because, because of that. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, we are the next generation after the the sexual revolution. Right. And so there was that movement away from what we would call Puritanism or traditionalism or whatever, you know, sometimes with our moms or whatever. Um, but not everybody. It's not like every woman in that era went that way. You know what I mean? But that was just the beginning of that. And so here we are, the next generation after that. And and really, I think at the end of the day, what it did is it just put dual pressures on us. Yeah. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Yep. Because it, 
there is no way to be equal because we're so different. You know what I mean? Like, and from men is what I mean. Right. And, and, and at the same point in time, you know, so there's that, that struggle. It's like you, it's almost looked down upon to be a traditional sort of woman for women our age, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> because we're just coming out of that heat of the sexual revolution. Right. And um, so it's like, not only do you still have to be a woman because that is what you are, you know, and be the, the nurturer and the caretaker and all of those things. But now you need a job too. And you need to be really good at it. You need to be better than the men at it. You need to, um, you know, justify equal pay. You need to, you know what I mean? And so it's like now mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I've just got. And you have much. to look good in the, in the process. Yes. Yes. That's important yeah. too. Be assertive, but don't be a yeah. bitch. Be this, but don't be that. That's the fucking Barbie movie. When she gave that speech, <laughs> have you seen that movie? No, I haven't. Oh my God. It's I so haven't. good. I have it. We can watch it. Um, it's so good. She gives a speech about how you have to be hard, but not too hard because you're going to be a bitch. And it's like this whole, like, we're just embodying <clears throat> dichotomies. Yes. Yeah. It's unachievable. It is unachievable. We're, we're set up for failure. Well, I, I do feel like I took a pivot. Like I, I went to the anger. Like I turned off my softness. I turned off my uh, feminine side as much as possible because I'm a single mom. I'm raising two little boys, you know. I just felt like it was necessary. If I wanted to survive, Oh yeah, I had to shut it off and just become masculine. And I probably overcompensated, but sure. I feel like I'm kind of evening out at some point. Now that I know I don't need a man and I can be a woman without a partner, that's kind of a cool thing. Sure. Then I'm. Absolutely. Then I think I'll settle into my femininity again. But I feel like we're not we're not on speaking terms right now. You and your femininity. <laughs> we're starting to like like I'm sending letters every now and then to her. I am mad at her. <laughs> but you're you're married. I am engaged. engaged. Okay. Yes. And this is a guy that you met here. Yes. Okay. We don't have to talk about him. I know okay. people get real weird when we talk about them. He's great. I don't have anything bad to say. Uh, well, <laughs> good or bad or indifferent is the matter. You know, that not everybody likes being on podcasts. Fair, <laughs> My family fair. was like, I said, what are you going to do if I get real famous? And they said, I think we'll just be nicer to you. So, you know, <laughs> talk shit about us. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kidding. I love my family, but I try to like not talk shit about other people. Yeah. Okay, so that, so where are you now? Are you staying at home? Oh, you clean houses. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, um, yes. So when I got my degree in writing uh, and realized out the gate that it's it's real hard to make a living being a poet. <laughs> and so um, I think it was the summer after I graduated college, one of my poetry professors said that there was an opening at the newspaper um, for a reporter. And I'm. 21 years old, yeah, 21, did not want to be a reporter. I want to be a poet, right, (laughs) you know, and um, so I go and show up for this job interview and absolutely don't want to get it, and they gave it to me anyway. Like, I showed up in jeans. My hair was still wet, you know, and they gave me the job anyway. I was like, oh, crap. So um, so I started off as a a part-time reporter and then became a full-time reporter, and then I did that for seven years um, for a daily newspaper up there in Pennsylvania. And then um, when we were looking at moving down here, um, I looked at the little newspapers around the area where my former in-laws ranch was and um, and and um, actually landed the job here before we moved here. You know, I, came, I flew down by myself and 
and interviewed with the owner and uh, he created the position for me. And so um, I came down and was the assistant editor um, for a number of years. And then uh, my drinking took, uh, took uh, got toward the end of my drinking career. You know, like I was going down the, the tubes pretty quick there. And so I took a hiatus and in that time uh, I was very unemployable. And, um, but I ended up waiting tables when I got sober and then they asked me to come back to the newspaper and I did that for another six years, I think it was this time, something like that. But, um, so I had the baby <clears throat> who is now two and for a while I could take him to the office with me and that worked okay. But then, you know, that he got more mobile and more into everything. And I, I, I was like, I got to do something to, I can't, I didn't really want to put him in daycare. Plus you know, journalism doesn't pay a ton. And right. if I had put him in daycare, I'd have been working to work. You right. know what I mean? Right. And so I had always cleaned houses as a side hustle. And I thought I can probably yeah. turn this into a thing. And it, so it allows me to make my schedule around his. And then, you know, it's, it's ran parallel with this spiritual journey that I've been on where, you know, I'm rediscovering myself as a, uh, you know, a healer and a medicine woman and things along those lines. And so what I've discovered is that when I go and clean for somebody, you know, like I feel like I'm putting that energy into what I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know, so it, it allows me to, you know, heal their home mm -hmm. in my own little way, you know, and, and make their space more comfortable for them to be in. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually, you know, become like an act of service and like a spiritual thing for me, you know, and it, I work less hours, I make more money, and I get to cater my schedule around the, the little guy. So it's it's worked out really great. Yeah. That's what I did in New Orleans. I owned a cleaning company. Really? Did you know that? No. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Yeah. And I, it was, I had like employees. I was just a boss for a little bit. But when I, when I did clean, I told them, it's, you're leaving like someone's home. You want them to come home and just be like warm and, oh, yes. like you just relieve them of some stress because they're hard working mothers or whatever. Yes. That was I really important that. to me. Like, so I love that you said that. Yeah. Very cool. And I thought about going back. I just lost my job. So I thought about going back and if there's work to be had. I'll tell you, I have a waiting list. I had, there's more work than I can do. So, mm -hmm. well, it's an, it's a hard work. It's mm -hmm. hard on your body. It is. Yeah. I, I've noticed that the older I get, the, the more I'm like, I can only do two in a, two houses in a day or two, you know? Yeah. I think I have some sort of like permanent form of tennis elbow, you know, I don't know what's going on, but yeah. I'm... Do you wear knee pads? No. And okay. I probably need to. I love the knee pads. Huge fan of the Huge knee pads. pads. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And you're a spiritual. Is... Okay. Tell me more about that. Sure. We only have like five more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But... So, um, how to do this fast. I was raised pagan, um, <clears throat> like sort of somewhere in between Wicca and native American. Okay, yeah. that is so fascinating. Okay. So, you know, my parents are these old hippies, and um, so my mom discovered Wicca, I guess, when I was, like, latter part of elementary school or maybe going into junior high. And my dad's got Native American leanings, even though my mom is the Native American person. And so it just was this weird coupling. But anyway, so that was my ideas growing up, you know, uh, uh, that there's something out there, a great spirit, you know, a lot of tradition, a lot of ritualistic type stuff or whatever. And then, um, I met the guy who is now my ex-husband and he's a Southern Baptist. <laughs> and so, yes. um, you know, so I started going to church with, with him and, you know, more out of curiosity, I think than anything. And, sure. and I had 
um, what I would probably still describe as a visitation from the Holy Spirit. And so I decided to go ahead and, and be a follower of Christ for a while and did the whole deal and got full body dunked and did that for several years. And then um, when I got sober, um, I started to, I guess, lean more on ideas and stuff that was, was being shared with in that community. And um, it, it's, it's really all about being broad and roomy and all inclusive. And so I guess I've gotten to this point in life where it's like this, this patchwork of this, a little bit of this and that, you know, like there are certain aspects of Christianity that are very exclusive and I can't, that doesn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel true to me. That's mm-hmm. so I know, I, you know, I, I, I would no longer identify as a Christian though. I think Christ was probably a really cool guy to be around, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I know a, a fair amount about the scriptures and I, and I, I think that there's a lot of truth and I think there's probably a lot of things in there that were in fact divinely inspired. Um, but I just don't think that it's, it's a right and wrong thing. You know, I don't think it's one of those deals where you can go, this is the correct answer. Right. And everybody else is wrong. Right. Like I no longer can adhere to no, that. No, I think when you get to that point, then you've, you've just stopped growing. Right. Right. Yeah, I think that's a super scary place to get. But a lot of a lot of people do. And I do feel like your spirit kind of evolves, right? Mm-hmm. You and you can choose to keep going with it or not. Right? Yeah. And lots of people don't want to cross that threshold because they don't know what's out there. And it is terrifying. When I shed my oh, faith, yeah. I felt like I was in a free fall. But I was raised Southern Baptist. Yeah. So opposite experiences for us. But it was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of fear. Um, well, I mean, there's fear, I think is, is what, like you, like you said, it stops us from growing and evolving, you know what I mean? And, and to face fear of whatever form it comes in, you know what I mean? Like there's, that's to find out what's on the other side of that is the only way that you can grow and evolve. And I don't think you can like tell people what to look out for. Like what, what is a scary thing? Because everybody has to decide for it for themselves, right? It's either for you or it's not. And if it's not for you, then it's bad. Yes. But if it is for you, then it's good. Like, you're the only person that gets to decide that. Yeah. Certainly not any religion. Right. And it's all about intention and whether that is right for your your spirit. Yes. I, You know, and I think the re- return to source and the return to unity, and, in, and even the Bible says that God is love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and so it's hard because I think, you know, we're in these human bodies and we have these human brains and there's only so much we can do with that raw material, right? Like, we can only we can only get so close to whatever the answer is, the grand answer, right? You know what I mean? Like while we're here. Right. And um, I just think that um, we're limited in that way. You know what I mean? And so I I see little bits of truth here and there. And, you know, I think that it's possible for us to commune with the divine. I think it's possible for us to align with it. But, but, you know, I really do think that the point of it all is, is unity. And the only way that you can unify with other human beings is loving and acceptance and, um, you know, um, being of service to your fellow humankind and connection and those kinds of things. And if there's something that is in the way of that, I, I, I just, that I don't think that that is truth. Right. You know, I agree. Um, we can keep going. I'm not worried about the time. Okay. I, Cause I, <laughs> I want to dig into this topic. This is fascinating. And I posted something and you commented on it. What was it about, about the, oh, alchemizing pain and turning it into joy? Yes. And I I believe, like, you know who Joe Dispenza is? Mm -mm. Okay, I talk about him all the time. He's kind of into the 
he's a doctor, but he's also very spiritual. And so he, he takes, he does these guided meditations. He changes people's lives just by taking them and connecting them with what they are like as a divine being. Right. And it changes how your, your cells function. It changes the energy in your body. thus healing your body. Like we are 95%, um, energy. Right. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. And only 5% of that is not able to be healed with energy, which is fascinating. I can't, he explains more about it, but, um, that makes total sense to me. Sure. And if we could, but the language is what people get hung up on, right? They don't like, they don't like you to call God the universe. Yeah. My dad got upset the other day and at me for saying the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. And he said, those are not the same thing. And I said, why not? So what is your belief about that? Like, you know, again, I think it goes back to the fact that we're human beings and we're limited in that way, you know, so we use language, right? We, I make this sound and it comes out of my body and you hear the sound and I'm interpreting it. Right. Right. You know what I mean? And, and when you think about it, that's pretty fucking rudimentary, you know, yes. as far as like, you know, I'm going to smoke. Do you care? No, you're fine. Okay. As far as like big, big concepts go, right. You know, like deep, deep concepts. And so, you know, some people call it God and some people call it universe. And, and, you know, a lot of, you'll hear me say divine, you know, the divine. Yep. And, and, you know, it's really just that thing that, um, whether I believe it, it is a creator or, you know, it, that thing that is more than us. Right. Whatever that thing is, you know, and um, I think that uh, I'm on this kick right now where I believe that that my higher power lives in sound waves. So, I mean, Okay, so sound waves. Tell, yeah. tell me about this. <laughs> so, okay, so you know how you were talking about the the guy that you were just talking about a minute ago, and you know the the energy in the body, right? And that makes total sense. So there's these the way that cells talk to each other. You know, if you look at the biology of it, there's like an electrical synapsis, right, that goes from cell to cell, whether it's in our brain or other parts of our body or whatever. And so, you know, that's how we walk around and function and do all the amazing things that human bodies do, quite frankly, especially for women. And um, and it's electricity, right? It's energy. It's it's what you learn about in like seventh grade science class. And they show you the pictures of the thing, you know, the little squiggly line. And, you know, it's that. Right. And I think that it's it's really cool because I was talking with my dad about this the other day. You know, they're, they're I'm in my 40s, so they're in their 60s. You know, and and neither of them are in great health. And you know, so the conversations of what happens when one of us is gone, you know, have come up. And and I've lost people recently, and everybody has lost somebody. And so the just the whole life death thing or whatever, you know. And I said, Dad, you know, what we know it, on an even really basic level is that energy doesn't go away. 
right? It turns into something else. A, a sound wave can turn into something else. Uh, when lightning comes down from the sky, it hits the ground and it becomes grounded or even electricity in your house. But it never, ever, we learned that, you know, day one science class, energy doesn't disappear. It changes forms. Right. And so um, I think that my higher power uses sound waves to talk to me, whether it's music or people's voices or, you know, some sort of auditory. Yes. I can, I can feel it that way. I can recognize it that way. I can commune with it in that way. You know, um, do you, do you do human design? Do you know what your human design is? I don't know what that is. Okay. You need to look into this. Let's okay. go into a deep dive on human design. It's a, a combination of astrology and what is some other shit. Uh, <laughs> but uh one of them is like what is what is your like most prominent sense like how mm. you absorb information and energy Interesting. yours is probably sound i would i would assume so yeah you should do it i'll okay. send you the link okay I'll definitely do well that's cool so what do you what are you doing to that like what what's the practice to well, this, is, this is sort of a, a newly formed thought in my head okay. you know and so like i haven't been hanging out with this concept very long. Um, but, you know, uh, I think a lot of people will agree that, you know, the divine communes with them through music. Yep. You know, um, I think that it's, uh, it, as far as, you know, I do a lot of prayer and meditation. And, you know, a, a lot of that is breath work, right? Yep. And if I can't, like, cause sometimes I'll be trying to do it with my earbuds in because I'm trying to not wake up a baby or something like that. You know what I mean? And I've noticed that it, when I can't hear the breath work that I'm doing, it's harder. It's harder for me to connect and get in that spot where I'm I'm meditating and I'm communing with the divine. You know what I mean? So it's like I think the the breath, the auditory part of the component of that, you know, that I can hear is necessary for me to get to that spot that I want to be at, you know, yeah. where I'm I'm making that real connection um with with that thing that I'm trying to talk to that I think, you know, cares about me and is is navigating me through you know, whatever it is that I'm supposed to be doing here. Yeah. So I have been like sussing out this idea and it feels kind of uh, bold and maybe kind of abrasive. So I'm not sure that, I, I don't know where it's going to go, but I feel like if those who are poor, like monetarily poor are actually poor in spirit because we are here to be abundant. And don't you feel like there's like a mental block around a lot of people and money, like energetic blocks? Sure. I mean, I think that it's a distraction, like we were talking about earlier. Yep. You know what I mean? And I think that it ties us to the material, you know? And uh, when I say material, I mean the things you can see. Yes, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think that while we have to live here and we have to walk around in these meat bags and do the things that we're, you know, like, I think there's a purpose in all of that. You know what I mean? So you can't discount the material, um, but it's only one part and it's, it's probably the least important part. Sure. And I think but that we it, get out of whack with that, get out of balance. Right. So, okay. So if we live a life that's like in service to the divine ourselves, other people, um, resources just kind of come, yes. right? Like things are there when we need them. Yes. And that's if we're in, in alignment and we're paying attention to what God is actually presenting to us, right? Yes. 
then if, if we're ignoring that, then it doesn't come. So that maybe that's like the, the whole idea of, uh, of course, he's going to take care of you. He takes care of the lilies of the field and the. Sure. The do not worry. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so maybe that's how money is supposed to be viewed as just another thing that is here to assist us on our path. Not the thing, but right. one of the many. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, in our society, the in a capitalist society, so we've got these, even on the material level, right, you know, like things that are tangible, you know, our, our sense of value is skewed because we've got these, you know, not so much anymore, it's all electronic now, but if we're talking about money and we're talking about coins and paper bills, you know what I mean? When right. you really think about that, you know, like, what is, what need do I have of this thing? You know what I need? I need some food. Right. I need, I need a bed. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that the, even when it comes to, oh, are all my basic needs met? Do I have the time and the energy to dedicate to spirituality or service to other people because my needs aren't being met? Well, that begs the question, what are your needs? Right. You know, and I think when we really reduce that or examine it more closely, we find a sense of peace in having less. You know, there that, that's a, yes. you know, like a, yes. a Facebooky, <laughs> Instagrammy kind of concept or whatever, you know, you know, to always, you know, want less and you'll be happier or whatever. But it's, it's, it's not... I think they've got it backwards. You know what I mean? I think that when you have less, you are happier because um, you are able to more clearly see what it is that you need. And and you find joy in things um, that are very simple. I think they both have their distractions. Yeah. I think wealthy people get very distracted with their money. And poor people get very distracted by the fact that they don't have it. Yeah. Um. I don't, I, I guess I feel like, I may, and it, maybe this is just my human design, like my authentic code is abundance, and I feel like I'm supposed to take care of people around me. Like, that's my job, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like, but um, I'm a guide. I'm a projector in human design. So okay. I'm, like, here to, like, guide people. I'm not the one, like, doing the shit necessarily, right? Okay. And uh, so I feel like if you're actually, I don't know, there's so much. Okay, let me go back to this thought. What you said about money and, okay, Joe Dispenza says, when you have meditated enough to where you're connected with yourself and your higher power, that you are in that state of already having all the things of the million dollar houses, of all the clothes, all the cars, all the things, right? You're already in that state, like in your mind. And so it doesn't matter whether you have it or not. Right. And then the universe brings it to you. Yes. And because that's not the thing. The thing is your state of being, learning to be full of joy and elevating at this, like functioning at a high frequency, right? Right. Isn't I, that fascinating? I, yeah. No, I get it. I get it because... Um, <clears throat> You, you know, you're talking about like this, this, um, this spot, this, this frame of mind or this place of being or existing or whatever and being in bliss. And, um, and I get that, you know, like it, it's something that I discovered, um, through meditation in, in recovery. And, um, there was another guy, he's since passed away, but it, uh, I know him, we, we, um, you know, were peers, I guess, in recovery. And, um, he had, um, spent a lot of time in prison. And he, you know, I remember him saying, and I'm not going to be able to remember it as articulately as he said it to me, but he was like, you know, you can be in a cage 
with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But if you're right, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It's so true. It's, it's so true. You know what I mean? And it, if Does that make at- us fucking freaks? It, I feel like it makes me a freak. What do you mean? But I do feel, I actually told somebody, like, I could go to prison and I feel like I would still be full of joy. Yeah. Like, nobody can take that away from you. Yeah. That's yours. Right. That's pretty fucking amazing. And you can be out there with all of the, the fancy, fun things and be fucking miserable. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Be totally enslaved. I mean, God, do I witness that on a daily basis? It doesn't matter what people have. It doesn't matter. And They're, like, staring at their phones. And they're consuming and worried as fuck. And you can't get them to, like, be present and engage with you without fear and without showing up. They're so afraid of how they're presenting themselves or what you're saying and what they're supposed to say next. And it's exhausting. Like, you can feel the tension in their body. And you just want to hug them and be like, your nervous system is really fucked up. Maybe go, yeah. like, ground walk barefoot in the earth for 15 minutes. You got to get in your body, girl. Yeah. I, we I worry think. about our body, but we're not in our body. Yeah. Or listening to it. We're ashamed of our bodies. Oh, yes. God, especially as women. I think in, in general, people in general are, but certainly especially women. Makes me so sad. Yeah. I mean, it makes me so sad. And this was a progress for me. I hated my body for a really long time, up until about six months ago. Like, it was, you know, I always wanted to lose weight. I always uh, just bitched about all the things, right? Yeah. And, I I mean, I don't know that that will ever fully go away. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's, it's so deeply ingrained. I know. It's systemic. You can get that shit out, though. I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, you're fucking beautiful. I mean, high five. You're a fucking rock star. Yeah. And let's talk about your big pores. And I mean, aren't they beautiful? Like, you know, I, I don't, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. Like, it's really cool. I'm more comfortable there. in me than I used to be. But that's interesting. I would never guess that about you. Yeah. So, would you consider yourself to be like a secure person, insecure person? Um, I think I am secure now. I think I spent most of my life being very insecure. Me too. I was very falsely confident. Falsely confident. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have the same vibe, though. Uh, you know, I I know that I was taught, probably not intentionally, but I know that I was taught very early on um, that that my body has a lot of power. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm but so jealous that you got that early when, on. I think that when, I think that when it that's taught to you in the wrong parameters, it can be very destructive, you know, at, at least it was to me. So like my mom, for example, um, had an extremely horrible childhood. You know, she grew up in extreme pro- poverty until the age of 12. And then at the age of 12, she went to live in, a, in an orphanage and just all of the worst things that you can think of that could happen to a 12 year old girl oh, happened to her. So she, that obviously had some effect on, um, her ideas about her body and her self-worth and the ways of the world and the ways of men and the ways that men and women interact and so on and so forth. And so, you know, she's at this pole, you know, polar opposite. And so when, when I, you know, came into the picture, she was all the way over here. She was like, don't you ever let this happen to you. And the way that you don't ever let that happen to you is you use your body as a weapon. You use it as a tool. You use it to manipulate. You use it, you know, 
and 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 so that nobody will her. ever own you right right i don't fault her for that because i yeah, think for absolutely sure she did the best that she could yes. with what she had to work with but what my experience has been is that it was like the inverse like if, if this was a 10 this was a negative 10 right and i need to be somewhere in the middle right, right. you know what right. i mean and so um that set me up for a lot of sketchy situations you know what i mean and and not being able to connect um with other people you know because of that i think in a lot of ways men or women you know because you felt so powerful in your body because that it separated you from because other people. I, because i used my 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 sexuality for all the wrong reasons oh yeah me too I, I don't think we're alone in that. I think that was a very clear message that we were given as, as women. Oh, sure. That that's, that's a great way to get what you want. Mm -hmm. And it, it's made us very manipulative mm -hmm. and uh, disconnected mm -hmm. from men. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes us uh, pity them, almost. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah. You know, it's not healthy. And... um and it's false. You know what I mean? Like it's a pale shadow of what can and should, arguably should, um, be the power of sexuality. Right. You know what I mean? You're, it's counterfeit. You right. know what I mean? Yes. And it's meant to be this intense connection between two people who are just totally intertwined. Yes. And respectful of the other person's person. Right. I don't think that there's another relationship like it. No. Nothing comes close to that intimacy with another human being. No. I agree. I think it's a sacred thing. I do too. I um so my philosophy professor in college was a, a born Jew but a practicing Hindu. <laughs> and um and so uh he had his daughter who like studied um there it was like a, a, a caveat or a offshoot of some sort of Eastern school of thought. And I can't remember if it was like Buddhist or Tao or what, but it, you know, it was, it was like Tantra, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I do think that there is divinity in that, in, yeah, in the sex act, in the sexual relationship, you know what I mean? Like, uh, well, I think an orgasm is a perfect example of how we're supposed to feel with the divine, like on a different level. In our brain, yeah, like, bliss. life is supposed to be orgasmic. Right. And that's just our bodies just showing us what, like, is actually happening. And Can you imagine? Can you imagine operating no. at that? Oh. Yeah. It's <laughs> pretty fucking cool. <laughs> you just operate at that level all the time. Yeah. Like, I, I am closer today than I was yesterday. That's awesome. Like, every day I, I feel like I'm choosing joy. And I'm, I surround myself in positivity. And it's not, like obnoxious positivity or fake positivity it's like i have shit to get done and i don't have time to waste on this low level energetic bullshit i'm yeah. just over it and it that's different for everybody everybody's on their own journey and that is no judgment to anybody right. else but i'm like i want to live my potential i want that to be my goal in life i don't want to waste time no you know uh when we talk about being fixated on um, material things or we talk about being fixated on, you know, toxic relationships or, you know, 
any of these other sort of like weird ideas of, of the material world, like it is so finite and it is so short. Like even when you get to live to 80 something years yes. old, it's so short. Yes. And, you know, my friend that, that passed away, I, re I remember coming to, you know, like an epiphany with having losing her, you know, as far as um, because the last thing she said to me, we had seen each other, you know, the, the day before. And, um, you know, we're, we're busy moms where she's our age, was our age and and stuff, you know, and everybody's got their lives and stuff going on. And she had said to me, we need to carve out time. We need to carve out some time to um, to go to lunch or go get coffee or something. I'm like, I know, you're right, we will, we will. And the next day she was gone. You know what I mean? We think we have all this time or we, we have these ideas about what a long time is, right? You know, and, and we make so many decisions or don't make them, um, you know, around that false narrative. You yep. know what I mean? Like, yep. We okay. have today. I really moment. want to talk about this. Can I have a hit of that? The vape? Yeah. 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 Is that okay? Can it's you share? It's a Cori grape. It's delicious. Mm. <laughs> I have one somewhere. I cannot find mm. it. It's in the jacket. Oh, it man, is. that is good. Right? That's like, I feel like I just put bubble gum in my mm -hmm. mouth. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, my married boyfriend, he's, he's going through, even though we broke up, I'm like just waiting for him to leave, right? And he said, after the holidays, he's been telling me this all along from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I don't find him to be a dishonest person, but, you know, I could be wrong. But if he's dishonest, he's, he's pretty fucking sick, right? I mean, he's told elaborate lies about his, uh, his uh, relationship to his wife and what she knows and what she doesn't and all that. So in my opinion, and I understand, like, exiting a relationship with dignity and kindness and and also, if the shoot, if it was switched, wouldn't you like just leave your life for the person that you love? Like, is that a thing? Do you think like a connection like that is worth immediate action? I think it should be. Um, do I know that I could do it? I don't know. You know, it's like I have all these ideas and I understand them and like I'll, I'll just you know, I can, I can communicate them to another person. And yet at the same point in time, like a lot of times I'm still held by the same things, you know, at least for now, you know, in, until I figure it out or, or. Right. It, I guess what I'm getting at is time, the immediacy of time is different for everybody. Yes. Like time is not linear. So for him, he could feel like he made a snap decision in a year, right? That could be his like perfect timeline and that that's all dependent on the divine also right like we all have to move at our own pace and also know when we're supposed to do something and we're not doing it yeah is that what you're saying yeah yeah i mean uh it's a huge deal that like you know <clears throat> when you discover something wonderful whether it's a relationship or whatever it is right you know what i mean and you and you want to you're like, I don't want to waste any time not doing this. You know what I mean? Right. And, and yet at the same point in time, like we're so ingrained with all these um, practicalities in life. You know what I mean? That I think, you know, it's a struggle. It's, it's an inner battle. You know what I mean? As far as, um, you know, I can sit here and tell you about, you know, I, I wish that everything was simpler and, and um, you know, I could just be on a farm and homestead and, you know, make my own butter and, you know. I want to be in a community and... of women. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm okay with men, too, I guess. 
like a bunch of houses, like in a, in a community, we just like barter, like everybody just does what they're good at doing. But I'm as scared as the next person of like taking that next action that leads to that right. outcome. Right. Okay. So maybe it is, we just have to pay attention. We just have to be present. I think that's, that's the answer. Yes. And if we know what the fuck is going on, when it's going on, then our lives are going to be changed forever. Yeah. I mean, I do think that there are certain just absolute truths, very few, but I think there are certain absolute truths. And I think, you know, if I believe in a higher power, um, that is, that is, um, that's got its hands as it were on my life, you know what I mean? Like there are certain things that I am not going to be capable of doing and I need that power to do it for me. And, and, and I need to trust that it will. And I think that when we're present, when we're in the moment, when we're communing with the divine, you know, that answer comes and and you know in that moment and then it's not hard anymore right i don't know i guess i always think that the right thing is the hard thing i don't think it has to be i know <clears throat> i think a lot of times it is but you know that's a, there's a buddhist saying that's like you know it change is not painful resistance to change is painful yes yes we waste so much more energy trying to swim upstream staying stuck mm-hmm. yeah Yes. Instead of going with the current, mm-hmm. we're like treading water. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this rock. I need to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm over it. I mean, I know I, my life looks crazy to people, you know, but I'm, I'm just like going with it. I feel like I've been married twice. I'm probably going to get married again. I don't know why, but <laughs> I just, I'm here for it. I know life is supposed to be full of awe and beauty and excitement and change. And I don't understand that people like don't want to shake it up. Yeah. Like dance in the fucking kitchen, man. I mean, spend an hour at the park. Yeah. You're not going to die. The dishes are going to be there when you get home. Your kids don't have to go to all the fucking activities. Like they can actually skip school when they want to. (laughs) Like, You know, let's just like pause, just live our fucking lives. Yeah. But money makes that really difficult too. We feel like we have to have jobs. I saw this thing not that long ago and it was like, I think one of the greatest um, tragedies for our society is this idea that we're best served by everybody getting up in the morning and going off to places they don't want to be to do things they don't want to do <laughs> for eight hours a day. You Plus know. them. Yeah. Yeah. And we're sending our kids off to school. And, and, and I don't mean to, like, badmouth school necessarily. You know, I have some thoughts on, on public education. That's probably its whole other own podcast. But, you know, like, I mean, just this idea that we're supposed to, we're a family, and we're supposed to disperse from our family, go off and do things we don't want to do with people we, that we don't really know. Right. And then right. That, that's life. Right. You oh, that, you my know. boys and I are having the best time this week because we're not doing shit. We're yeah. just, like, <laughs> hanging out. It, and Brady's like, this is really fun, mom. And my dream is to like take them out of school, homeschool them for a year, just like get in an RV and travel. And just so we can like breathe, let's just yeah. breathe. And they're, then they're probably going to decide they want to spend their life doing that. So I don't know what's to come, but I'm with you. That bullshit, waking up every morning at the same ass time, doing the same damn thing, every same, no. We're just out here functioning like mechanisms in a machine. It's gross. You know? Yeah. And then we wonder why, you know, it's so hard to return to spirituality. You know, we're just out here 
plastic pieces, living in a plastic world. We're so bored. Yeah. I'm not bored. <laughs> <laughs> but lots of people are. Oh, I'm so glad that you came. This is such sure, a great conversation. Me. Yes. And we'll do it again, maybe? Absolutely. Just let me know. Okay. You're the best. Thank you for having me. Okay. Bye.